Hello, listeners. My name is Greg Stolze, and today we're going to be playing my game Million Dollar Soulmate. Hi, everyone. I'm Sharang Biswas. I'm a game designer, writer, and artist based in New York City. And I met Greg at a game symposium in Peoria, Illinois. And he invited me to join the podcast, play his awesome game, and I'm really excited. Yeah, not a convention, guys. Not a mere convention. This was a symposium. An academic and artistic symposium. So legit! <laughs> All right, so uh, you're coming into this uh, pretty much fresh and don't know anything about Million Dollar Soulmate. I only know the top line that you shared with me at the symposium. Yes. So the idea is that I've been more and more trying to find ways to make the inherent wildness and unpredictability of games serve rather than torment. And this idea I had was to create a, a romance game where neither of the players know if things are working out until the very last scene. Mm -hmm. And so we don't roll to see if this was and, all, you know, is and always was a healthy relationship or a sick one until the arc of it has been completed, uh, except for, you know, the final landing. So what you and I need to do is to make every part of this ambiguous so that when we reach the end, if it's good, we can say, oh, yeah, I can totally see why that why those two crazy kids were always going to work. And if you reach the end and it the dice say it's bad, you can say, oh, yeah, I could tell from the first date that these two were going to have trouble. Mm. It is based on the idea that everyone has what C.S. Lewis called an angelic ideal and a diabolical ideal. Mm -hmm. And your angelic... And, and my premise is that the feeling we call being in love is the sensation of being amplified, of being with someone who makes you more yourself, who pushes you to exceed your previous limits. And mm -hmm. the idea of the angelic ideal is this is the person who pushes you to exceed your limits in positive ways for your angelic ideal you would start protesting in the streets and quit smoking and stand up to your boss. For your diabolical ideal, this is someone who pushes you to burrow deeper into your vices. And for your diabolical ideal, you would punch someone who flirted with them and you would rob a liquor store and you would just become a worse and worse person. Mm. So, the built-in assumption of Million Dollar Soulmate one of us is going to be playing a millionaire who has spent a million dollars to have a proprietary algorithm seek out their soulmate, hmm. the person who is perfect for them. This was inspired in part by this French TV cyberpunk TV show called Osmosis, mm -hmm. which was about, oh, yeah, we've built an app that will find people's soulmates and make them telepathic with each other and, you know, sort of touches on the question, oh, what's a soulmate? look like to a dude who's really just kind of a turd. <laughs> so we will not know if this is good or bad until the end. So the first thing we do is, is there anything you want to leave out of this game? You know, we're, we're doing the uh, consent and safety piece here. Is there anything where it's like, eh, no, that will, that will squick me. I mean, I'm just going to put in the standard stuff that I don't expect to come up. Like, you know, I'm like, let's do no rape. That's 
that seems like a pretty low line to get over. Mm -hmm. The last game, the one I played with Rabbit, I'd had a really rough day, so I'm like, let's just make everything sitcom. But, uh, you know, if you have any idea for sort of where you want to set the tone and the level, I've seen this played as a sitcom, and I've seen this played as, like, grisly Korean revenge drama. <laughs> um, I think right now I am okay, and if something comes up during game that I think is being nasty... I will voice that, but at the moment, I'm pretty open. Okay, yeah, open, but, you know, I don't expect this to turn into... And then, you know, their head explodes with insects because this is a romance game and not any of the other games I've written. Right, and the setting we have is pretty... Um, it is real, right? modern, present day. It's It could be a romantic comedy, or it could be a heavy romantic drama that wants to win an Oscar. Cool. Well, depending on how we set it up. Cool. So, some things to establish. Uh, one of the other assumptions, because as I started writing this, the more I, I wrote on it, the more I'm like, the premise of this is disturbing. This is very cyber-stalky and kind of gross. And so, I'm like, if the millionaire limited the search to only people who were on, like, dating apps, or people who were had expressed publicly that, oh, yeah, I'd like to meet somebody and fall in love mm -hmm. and have 10,000 babies. That's a lot less creepy than, you know, find her no matter who it is. If yep. she's married, that could be dealt with. Yep. I, that's a good um, boundary. Yep. Only people who are on dating apps. And uh, the other thing... The other assumption is that the millionaire basically could have gotten a full dossier on the soulmate candidate, which is, you know, oh, here's here's all the songs they've listened to on YouTube, and, uh, you know, here's a list of tweets they liked and retweeted, and, you know, here's what they spend their money on at the store, and it, it would basically be like you read their diary. Mm -hmm. uh, and I call this the cheat code option. Mm-hmm. And the game assumes that the millionaire did not take this option. Oh, okay. So one of the questions is, why didn't the millionaire cheat? So, but before we get to the questions, we will each, each character is defined by six questions. You will answer three for your own character and three for the other character, just to keep things interesting. Okay. So question, is this a game where you play one character and I play the other? It can be. It can also be played at, it can be played pretty much in the first person or in the third person, dependent, or sort of fluidly switching back and forth. Great. It could be both of us uh, storytelling the story of both the characters. It could also be like, uh, Greg, you play the millionaire and I will play the, the other person. The okay. soulmate. Now, the soulmate and the millionaire do have some special there's some special stuff where, you know, you will, depending on which character you are, you will get certain privileges. Mm -hmm. So one of us will have to identify as a millionaire. Okay. Do you want to be the millionaire or do you want to be I the soulmate? I would like to be the soulmate. Okay. Because I feel the millionaire suggests a DME role. <laughs> and I kind of want to play with that. Yeah. Okay. So you are the soulmate. Uh, I am the millionaire. So as the soulmate, all right, if you scroll down a little bit, you've got on page seven, there's the millionaire's six questions. 
Yeah. And on page eight, there's the soulmates. Six questions. So can I make a suggestion for our kind of story? Huh? I watched an episode of a like sci-fi TV show once, uh, which had this premise. Uh, of uh, in the future, everyone has an algorithm that matches them to a soulmate, and they must date that person, and they're not allowed to date anyone else, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, it was that that episode. That was the episode, and it was really interesting uh, in that. Was this Black Mirror? This is not Black Mirror. Okay. Um, and the I think it's called Weird City. It's a YouTube TV show. Okay. Um, like made by YouTube, but I've, it was really interesting in that the main character was a straight dude. But then the app, like a young straight dude who's like 25, and the app matched him to a 40-year-old man. Oh. They were really surprised. They're like, but we're both straight. What? (laughs) But then as they like hung out, they like fell in love, and it was really like cool. So I think something like that could be really fun. Okay. Um, you like maybe if the millionaire is a dude, they're like you're like oh yeah, I'm gonna find my soulmate, and then suddenly the algorithm's like this other dude is a soulmate. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm straight, huh? Um, but I guess I'm gonna trust the app that I made. <laughs> yeah, well, you could uh, you can set it up that way. The only overlapping questions, the only question that's the same for both is question number four: What's your erotic identity? Okay, cool. Which could be something as simple as. Your basic, your total basic, uh, cis vanilla dude. Yeah. Uh, or could be as complicated as, uh, well, I'm bisexual, but I only really fall in love with women. Right. But right. I have a much easier time picking up men because right, right. I'm a voluptuous blonde woman. And yet, at the same time. Right. Yeah. I love that. As the soulmate, you get to answer one question. Off of either set. Oh. Uh, and yeah, you go first. So okay. you could say, oh, okay, millionaire, you're not just gay, you're gay and super promiscuous. Interesting. Or you're not just gay, you're gay and deeply in the closet and self-hating. Yeah, interesting. Okay, I might actually pick the identity then, since, since I have this idea. So I'm actually going to say, yes, the millionaire considers himself <laughs> a vanilla cis male, a straight vanilla cis male, but the app might match him with someone who is not necessarily that. So that is your first question. So now we take turns answering questions about our own characters. Perfect. I answer for the millionaire you answer for the soulmate. We write these down, and we do it, you know, pretty openly so we can riff. Perfect. So let's see. I really have no idea about what I'm doing with the millionaire. Uh, you know, I, I've had ideas, but nothing is really clicking. Sure, so should I start? Uh, no, no, I, I need to go next. Uh, so oh, okay. I'll just fall back on an easy one. Why didn't mm-hmm. I take the cheat code option? Because it's repulsive. It's more, right. it seems very morally wrong. The whole, yeah, it, this guy is lonely and desperate. The fact that he's spending a million dollars to find his perfect person, I think, implies a certain level of that. And so he's uncomfortable with the whole algorithm idea. Oh, so he's not a tech bro who made the algorithm. Oh, no. No, the the premise is that he spent a million... That's why it's called Million Dollar Soulmate. Right, right. Oh, I I assume he spent a million dollars to develop the algorithm himself. Or some... 
or some tech bro convinced him that, oh, yeah, I have this proprietary algorithm, but I'm not going to do it on the open market because as soon as it's as soon as a thousand people are using it, it'll break down as people start to game the system. Right. Of course. Yeah. So why didn't he take the cheat code option? It's morally repulsive. Um, So my first question is. What about you will astonish the millionaire and could be positive? You don't have to answer these in in order, by the way. Oh. If you want to lock down your bros to hose trajectory. Yeah. um, You know what? I'm going to do that. All right. I'm also going to pick what is my erotic identity. And my erotic identity is I am a cis dude, but that I am a super promiscuous, super kinky leather dom. Okay. Super promiscuous. I just spelled it promiscuous. La la la. Um, and, and he, I'm going to say, uh, my, the, the soulmate is promiscuous that he sleeps around a lot. But he has never felt a deep romantic connection yet with another person. Okay. So he's laid 10 miles of pipe, but never been in love. Yep. And he's, for the moment, he's like, I'm happy. It's not like, it's not like, I don't want to do the cliche thing of like, he's unhappy because, oh my God, he's having meaningless sex. Like, no, 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 sex is fun. I just have not yet fallen in love with anyone. Pretty content with meaningless sex. S-E-X. That one I can spell. (laughs) So, I got another millionaire question. What's the best thing you've ever done that didn't involve money? I saved a guy's life. He collapsed in an airport concourse, and I performed CPR, barked orders at people to... Call nine one one and get the um, the ADR machine, and because of me, that airport traveler survived. Nice, nice. I have. Um, let's see. I think it's good to do some of these basic ones. I'm going to say uh, number three is pretty basic. What's your place in society? Mm-hmm. It could be a various parts of my identity, social class, job, religious identity, anything like that. So I'm going to say my place in society. Yeah, I don't want to be too similar to myself. I was going to say, like, poor artist. And I'm like, no. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I am a poor artist. Keep Stretch for it there, dog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to be somewhat similar to, you know, play close to home, but not entirely similar. Right. So what is my place in society? I don't want him to be someone wealthy because I want there to be contrast with the millionaire. I'm going to say he is a, he's, you know, he's just a bartender. Uh, I'm going to say he recently graduated from a fancy liberal, not fancy, but like a, a super like liberal arts kind of degree, moved to, moved to the city and is Finding his place, and uh-huh. he's apparently a bartender at a at a at a gay bar. So the uh, the game I played with Rabbit that was this also the soulmate was bartender at a gay bar. Oh, is that too similar? But in that no, we can do it. Uh, okay, well let's actually, let's actually change this up. Instead of a bartender at a gay bar, I'm we can we can go. Well, why would he be at a gay bar if he's this straight dom? He is not a straight dom. He is he is gay. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
He is very gay. Oh, 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 I, should, oh. I should make that clear. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, let's let's be more interesting then. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say he is the secretary at a legal brothel. Oh, so in Nevada. Sure. <laughs> and it's a very straight brothel. Real, like, country-themed? Yes. Cowgirl-themed. Miss Maisie's Cowgirl Ranch? I am writing this down. And he's friends with all the, like, sex workers. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he's more like a secretary and assistant. So he doesn't sure. get involved in the sex work itself. But, you know, he, like, does organization, office work, that kind of stuff. Right. And presumably is also not involved in throwing out rowdy customers. No, that is, a, not, that is not his thing. You've uh, got a couple ex-con hairbags for that job. Exactly. Like that, Actually, the, you the, would madame, probably... the madame has actual scary people for that. Um, Thinking about it, they would probably be off-duty cops. Sure. Not, there it if, is. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to say he has a liberal arts degree that he, like, created his own major, <laughs> which was he created a major specializing in South Asian dance traditions or performance traditions. Oh, boy. How'd he not get a job in that? <laughs> okay. So let's see. I've answered two about the millionaire, haven't I? Yes. Yes. I answered one and two. You've answered two about... I've answered three and four, yeah. So now we answer two questions about the other character. So i got to answer questions about the soulmate. And the juicy ones are left. Mm -hmm. What about You Will Astonish the Millionaire? What did you learn from the disastrous romance... (laughs) What circumstances bring out the worst in you? Who is your enemy and why? Hmm, I think we... I have a different draft because my question too is, what do you know for absolute certain about love and romance? Not the disaster one. Well, I... I... Oh, you just said it's going to be disastrous. Oh, well, I may have changed it in some draft, yes. So, So but yes, what do you know for absolute certain about... Yeah, actually, what it was... It was the disastrous romance in the first draft, which I printed from because it was in a better font (laughs) and didn't have all the backup questions. And then after playing it, I'm like, this is darker than I want. Let's take out disastrous Uh, because we've already got what circumstances bring out the worst in you and who is your enemy and why. Ooh, what do I want to answer? What do I want to answer? Who is your enemy and why is calling me? And it is your former college roommate Mm. who really was... uh, He thinks that he was in love with this girl. He may have actually just been obsessed with her, Mm -hmm. but she was carrying a giant torch for you, and he always considered you the reason he never got with her. Oh, even though I'm very gay. Love it. Uh Uh-huh. Well, you were there for, you were the safe choice. The man yeah, who'd so, never break her heart. So his crush was in love with me. In love with me. Great. Okay, and so my turn. Hold on, hold on, I got more. Oh, you do too. <laughs> and he is, you don't know that he is cyber-stalking you. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's, there we go. We'll see if this comes up. Love it. So now you've got one for... 
the millionaire. So you um, saved someone's life once. You seem like an ethical sort of person because you're like, I don't want to do this bad thing uh, or this invasion of privacy thing. Okay. And we all do. The three that remain, the three questions that remain are where you can really paint me with the shit brush. Yeah. What is a secret you never told anyone? What's the worst thing that ever happened to you? Uh, what's the big trouble you escaped with money and privilege? <laughs> yeah, there's there's not a lot of wiggle room for heroism there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I want to. Okay, so let's see. What is the secret you never told anyone? You have never orgasmed. Oh my god! What never? Never. I mean, yeah. Like, you've hooked up with people, but you've never orgasmed. You've always pretended or not, and you've never... Not even, like, in oh, his sorry. Let's sleep? say you've never orgasmed not on your own. What? My mistake. You've never orgasmed with another person. Oh, that's that's yeah. so much more plausible. Yes, that's, that's, I, that's what I was thinking, but I didn't enunciate that. Um, you've orgasmed on your own, sure, but never with another person. All right, you want to hear... Can I digress and tell you a, a horrifying true story? Yes. So I had a buddy who was a psychiatrist and worked at a college where, you know, he would counsel the students and he came, uh, you know, he, he came, he met someone who was very confused by everyone else's fascination with sex. Uh -huh. And he's like, yeah, I've never, I've just never been interested in that or felt any desire for that. And he's like, and, and, you know, the psychiatrist is like, so you've never masturbated? And it's like, people really do that? He's like, yes, people really do that. I thought that was a myth, like vampires. Lol. No, I have an asexual friend who told me once that he only masturbates so that he doesn't get wet dreams, which are annoying. Yeah. As in, he'll wake up, he'll be like, oh my god. So he like this only again. masturbates once in a while or every whatever X amount of time to prevent that from happening. Uh, I think the psychiatrist guy turned out to have a, uh, glandular condition, like his hormones were badly out of whack. Oh, interesting. Yeah, wow. Wow. This poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he doesn't want to, he just, he never managed he it with another person. never managed it. Okay, so I got, there's three open questions on the soulmate. What about you will astonish the millionaire? What did you learn? What do you know for sure about... Love and romance. What do I? What do you know about romance? Um, I don't know, man. I'm gonna be a coward here. Are, are there any of these questions that you're particularly aching to answer? Uh, not really. I'm, right. I'm totally fine. Yeah. In times of trouble, go with what you know. I'll answer the darkest question. What circumstance brings? Says the horror writer. I know my strengths. <laughs> what circumstances bring out the worst in you? And I'm going to say competition and being challenged. Mm, okay. And that's interesting because I'm guessing at my workplace, there's not a lot of that because yeah. I'm just a secretary and and it's all women who work. Even the madame is a woman and uh -huh. all the people are the, only the bouncers. Some of them are women, but most of them are dudes. So, um, yeah, and so I, I, that's interesting that the comment probably doesn't come out a lot in the workplace, but it comes out elsewhere. Yes. So you're one of those guys who, when someone says, hey, maybe you've had enough, you're like, I'll tell you when I've had enough. Bartender, leave the bottle. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's super charming. <laughs>
Competition. What did you say? Competition and challenge? Yes. And you dig in. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Thank you. I'll do another one for you. So we have two left, right? So you have secret. You never told anyone. And oh, you've done trouble. that one. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Worst thing that ever happened to you and big trouble you escaped with money and privilege. Oh, yeah. Um, let's say... I don't want to be super dark because I'm, I'm trying to steer away from a fair, heavy, heavy dark tone. Say, okay, let's get inspiration from movies. What does it say if the worst thing that's ever happened to him is not that bad? Yeah, exactly. Uh, this could be physical, emotional, spiritual, probably not financial because you're, you're a millionaire. <laughs> I love that. And the big trouble is you could have been in legal trouble, emotional turmoil, or a simple tight spot. Okay. I'm trying to keep this romance theme sort of, you know, uh-huh. for this game. So uh, let's say, let's do cliche. If it's that I got a girl pregnant and she had the baby out of wedlock, it's been done. <laughs> but let's still, I still want to do mind cliche. Um, <laughs> what if, what if you had a messy breakup with a famous actress oh and messy not in like an abusive way but you know it was man like, because it was all in the papers and uh-huh. stuff and you managed to like shut it down like all the coverage of it which is sort of a favor to her as well uh but you managed to shut it down uh with um using your contacts and money and you like told newspapers do not cover this or uh-huh. things um stuff like that and so you can decide what terms you're on with this ex-actress of yours okay what's her name her name that she uses as an actress is Cynthia Fabergé like the eggs yes she is a Famous Russian actress okay. who um, also acts in, in Hollywood. Fabergé is probably not her real name. Real name, Gretchen Kurlunstrakova. Something like that, exactly. But she goes by Cynthia Fabergé. It was an ill-chosen option because people are like, well, that's stereotypical much. But she's like, no, I like the finer things. So we each answered two questions about the other. So I've got one more soulmate question left. Then you will answer a soulmate question and I'll answer the last. I'll answer my number five. The worst thing that ever happened to him. So, so I will answer the last soulmate question? Uh, yes, whichever one I don't pick. There's only one left. No, no, there are two left. There's two left. What about you will astonish the millionaire? Living a life unparalyzed by shame. Okay. How's that sound? Yeah, are are you I there like for it, or should, or are you wanna are you wanna tap no, I out like on that? I like okay. that. I, I'm, I can imagine him being a manic pixie dream boy kind oh, of. Oh, God. Right? Because he's living, he's unparalyzed by shame. He does all these things. He's weird, you know, so. Living a life unparalyzed by shame. Okay, so you have to answer the what do you know for sure about. About love and romance. Yes. So this, I'm kind of thinking this um, fits in with the like challenge and stuff as well. And the fact that I haven't really found someone and the fact that I work in a brothel. So I'm confronted with ideas of love and romance all the uh-huh. time. So my idea is that I'm like, you don't just, 
you don't just get struck and you are in love. You're going to have to work at it and make it happen. Love is work and effort. Yeah, and I'm okay with that because, um, you know, I'm down for a challenge and all that stuff. But I know uh, and my my character is like, nope, love isn't just lightning that strikes you. Mm-hmm. Love is a dam that you build kind of thing and maintain. Let's see. What is the worst thing that ever... Oh, we should get names for these people. Sure. Fitzcarraldo. What's the last name? Barrington. Barrington the third. Oh, yeah. The third. I don't know. Do you really think there's enough room in the world for three Fitzcarraldos? In this family, yes. And the soulmate is named? Sid, which is short for Siddharth, because he is biracial. Um, Sid, um, because his first name is Indian, his last name is not Indian. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm The first thing that comes to my head is the name of an old professor I had in Germany, Klassen. All right, like the pickles. Is that a pickle? Oh, he was a he was a materials engineering professor, but sure. <laughs> I think Clausen's a pickle. So S K L A S S E N. Oh, I had a U in there. I must scratch that out immediately. <laughs> All that remains is for me to describe the worst thing that ever happened to Fitzcarraldo Barrington the <laughs> Third, which was driving solo through Africa. Car had a car accident. Tire blowout on a high mountain road it rolled down the side of the cliff and i was trapped there my phone got destroyed in the rollover and i couldn't get out and i was there for 42 hours before i was discovered i love it yeah and you actually traveled to like four different countries without knowing it you were in the part with the small countries <laughs> doop, doop. <laughs> that's when you're like where were you uh africa <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea where in Africa has uh, poorly traveled mountain roads with bad guardrails. Yeah, I'm looking at the map of Africa where there are small countries. It's in the west, I think. Let's see. It's all in the west. So there's Senegal, Gambia, Guinea-Bissau, Guinea, Sierra Leone, Liberia are all small countries. Ooh. So maybe you were driving. I don't know about the mountainousness there. But maybe you were driving through, though, and you like, you know. So, like, Senegal and Gambia. Gambia is basically inside Senegal. So maybe that was one of the things. Flipped car in Africa, question mark, Senegal? Yeah. Every country's, every country's got some dead man's curve somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, Senegal and Gambia, you were like, uh, which country am I in? Not even sure. <laughs> so next... With those settled, we've answered all six, right? Yes. I think so, yes. So I have to describe how Fitzcarraldo ensnares Sid. And what happens, so seeing the name Siddhartha, Fitz is like, oh, I guess that could be a girl's name. Right. I, you know, my real name, I've gotten many businessy emails being like, dear Miss Biswas. So I <laughs> like, if you're not, if you don't know the ethnicity really well, then you might make that assumption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How is he going to ensnare Sid? They're in Nevada. Or Sid is in Nevada. Yep. Fitz. Like he went to state, he went to liberal arts school in Nevada and just moved to the city. Yeah. Well, what's a big city in Nevada? Well, Las Vegas. Oh, right, right. Does Las Vegas make sense for this? There are no legal brothels within Las Vegas proper. They're all out in sort of the badlands. Okay. 
So let's make a fictional. It's just a fictional. I'm just going to suggest. Well, no, you know, he can be living out there in the middle of nowhere, but it's like, you know, oh, yeah, it's an hour's drive to Las Vegas. Oh, sure. Great. Fitz is probably staying in Vegas and sets up something that Siddhartha has won tickets to some great show, to, to, you know, the opening night of Cirque du Soleil. Ooh. Oh, and, Zumanity, right? That's the one in Las Vegas. That's a really saucy one. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so it could be that or probably, or, you know, some other show. But, yeah, let's go with that. Uh, Cirque's Zumanity. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to watch it. You know, arrives with the ticket, and there's this guy in what would what you would call aggressively casual upscale clothing. I love it. I love it. That he has dressed up in a very, very nice suit, and his hair has that kind of messiness that takes like 45 minutes to achieve. Nice. I don't know. If you're not looking for it, it could just seem like he's this really cool, laid-back dude. Nice, nice, nice. In a nice, in an expensive, nice suit. Yes. In a casual suit. And seems nonplussed to meet you. Yeah. And maybe, maybe at the beginning he doesn't register that this is the person, right? Right. He keeps, oh, you're in seat 7G. That must be a mistake. Yeah, because you, what you're looking at is so, so he won a nice ticket. So he's wearing, uh, his like best clothing. He doesn't have that much nice clothing, uh-huh. but he has one, uh, and especially with Zumanji. So did you see, um, uh, Adam Rippon's Oscar outfit last year? Did you uh, ever see that? No, I studiously avoid the Oscars. Google right. Adam Rippon Oscar outfit. What the, this, bizarre strappy thing? Yep. So he did a, he did like a tux combined with a harness. Right. Um, so I'm going to say Sid made this himself. He like at a vintage at a, at a thrift store or whatever. He got an old like tux kind of thing. And it was kind of not that great. So he like cut it up with the help of the people at the brothel because he's not that much of a seamstress, just basic. But with some help from his um, sex worker friends, <coughs> um, he made he attached one of his harnesses to it and made this like strappy thing. And he's like, oh, it's perfect for Zumanity because it's like circus and it's like se- sexy. So he's wearing that. Uh, he doesn't he's not very, so he doesn't have like suit trousers. He's just wearing black jeans. Mm-hmm. And he is, he's wearing a bow tie, but he's not wearing a shirt underneath. <laughs> and he has a, let's say he has a, like a fade where the sides of his head are like shaved and he has snake bites. He has snake bite piercings. Okay. Uh, so he looks visibly queer um, with his like piercing and stuff. Uh, oh, and he has tattoos on his body, like a couple that you can see. Uh, and so there's like very visibly queer leathery sort of guy uh like smiles at you um, so so what is the prize did, did he was it like you got a ticket or you got a ticket with another person what was the- it, it was you get a ticket great so i have this ticket uh, a fancy you know box seat or whatever front mm-hmm. row tickets and I, I see this, like, casual person sitting there. And I just smile good-naturedly at him, you know, like the person sitting next to me. Uh, and I sit down and seat whatever, G17. Or, no, uh, A17 is right at the front. Right. Oh, hel- 
Hi. Um, and I'm like, hi. Oh, I'm really excited. I've never been to Cirque du Soleil before. And I, I won these great tickets. Oh, I've seen them a couple times. And yeah, it's a, it's a tremendous show. Uh, there's You're going to see some real physicality on display. And so you, you say you won the tickets. Yeah, there was this like radio contest. They're like randomly won. It's weird because I don't even remember calling them, but uh, they said so. It must have been one of my friends who called in for me or something. Uh, but I won, and I show the ticket and like, and I have the letter because I brought it just in case. I'm not wealthy. I don't know how these things work. Uh-huh. So I brought the letter saying, "Congratulations, you're the winner." You know, Sid Siddhartha Klassen. Oh yeah, my friends call me Sid, and I make friends easily. So call me Sid, and I like shake his hand. And I'm thinking, who and and you are? Oh, I'm Fitz. Nice to meet you, Fitz. Fitz so, Barrington. So what brings you uh, to the show? You said you've seen them before. Not this show. I uh, I I saw the show they uh, did in Rio and the one they did in Montreal. And uh, I don't know. I I heard this one was a little different. A little uh, a little. Sp- Spicy. And I'm like, well, you're in the right t- part of the country for spicy. Yeah. I'm just I good at assuming you're just a random rich person. What, you're going to ask him if he's just a random rich person? No, no, I just assume that. Okay. So I'm just being friendly. I'm just being friendly. Oh, okay. So uh, probably what happens is your friendliness wins him over. His first thought is, this algorithm's a piece of shit. I've been sold. <laughs> A, I've been sold a false bill of goods. I'm going to sue Chad back into the Stone Age for this. <laughs> but in the course of, and he's deeply disappointed and a little pissed, but the show's good. It, you know, he finds it a little awkward to be watching this sexy thing because he's clearly much more conservative and buttoned down. But Sid's charm gets him. <laughs> and he's like, well, fuck it. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna make the best of this situation. Life's handed me this lemon, but I'm gonna make some lemonade. <laughs> then, for some reason, the lemon song by Led Zeppelin comes into his mind, and he's like, "Why am I thinking about that bit about squeeze the lemon until the juice runs down my leg?" That <laughs> this song really doesn't make any sense if you think about it. If you were making lemonade, why would it be on your leg? So yeah, that's and they. They exchange phone numbers, probably go out, get some drinks afterwards, play a little roulette. Maybe Fitz unblinkingly loses as much as Sid spends in on rent in a season. Yep. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Sid, Sid is very conservative with his money, with his gambling. He's like five bucks, ten bucks, you know, because he doesn't want to appear cheap, even though he is. But uh, but yeah, when he sees, well, he could tell that Sid is that um. Uh, Fitz is wealthy because of the clothing, but when Fitz just drops like a few thousand dollars and loses it, like whatever, Sid's yeah, like, le- leaves a tip that is larger than your entire bankroll. Yeah, yeah, and says, "Yeah, okay, well, cool. I'm gonna be in town for a while. Uh, really, don't know anyone here. So, but uh, you know, it's the entertainment capital of the world. What do you recommend?" So, question: Has he been acting romantic or making advances? No, he's just been friendly. Speech? Great. Yeah. So Sid, yeah. So Sid just thinks, "Oh, this guy I met at the circus. Uh, we got along, sitting next to each other. 
Uh, and then he's wealthy and he's like, I want to hang out. And so Sid just like, sure, we're hanging out. So Sid says, well, what kind of things are you into? I live, uh, I don't live in the city. I live outside, but I do come here sometimes. So what kind of things are you into? I'm really into travel and kind of, kind of vehicles, I guess. Did some road racing for a while. Uh, some, some like endurance driving. I'm, I'm out of that though. Did some hang gliding, but the, the terrain around here is not, I don't think it's great for that. Nevada is all like desert, right? Yeah. It's, okay. it's pretty flat and desert, but there's Lake Mead. I'm renting a boat on Lake Mead or I'm, I'm renting a, a boat house on Lake Mead and have, uh, I've had my boat brought in for that. So. Oh, okay. So I, I ask about your boat and I'm like, oh wow, that's cool. But then uh, I'm do you, like, do you water ski? I can't say I do. Oh. Uh, that sounds fun though. I was also going to suggest my, the, the madame at the brothel I work for, I super unashamedly, right? Because that's his characteristic. Uh huh. <laughs> right? there, there's the jaw drop. He's like, he's like, yeah, the pimp I work for, uh, knows some really good, like, desert trails. Uh, we can, like, rent a, uh, a dune buggy or something and uh, go riding in the desert. I haven't gone dune buggying in, uh, in years. Okay. So that's the, that's the end of the first phase. It sounds like they've okay. met, they've connected. There are reasons for them to get together, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to say, um, um, he said this because Sid does not know how to swim very well. So what happens next is three dates. That's okay. phase two of the game. Phase one is called Meat Cute, uh, which I think we achieved. <laughs> Phase two is three dates, which do not have... The first one is the first date, but after that, it's not consecutive. It doesn't have to be dates one, two, and three. It could be date one and eight and 17, right? Uh, so they're in order, but they're not necessarily, you know, just their first three. Sure. So the way this works, each of us rolls a six-sided die. Tell me what you get. Okay, and I got a one. I got a one, too. Wow. That means that what this date, what the first date is concerned with... Oh, write down, by the way, that you got a one. Okay. At the end of the game, whoever has the highest total from their rolls decides whether the pair stays together or not. Right. This date orbits... Question one and question one. One of these questions is a problem, and one of them is the solution. So uh, am I looking at the meet cute page? You're looking at several dates. The key, again, is that every encounter has to be ambiguous, and you have to, there has to be a way that the event could be encouraging Fitz to become a better, wiser, morally elevated version of himself. Mm -hmm. But there could also be a way in which it's encouraging him to be a meaner, more selfish, generally turdier version of himself. Mm -hmm. So keeping that in mind, we, the Fitz and Sid, do something where it touches on the why he didn't take the cheat code option, which is, you know, he had moral reservations, mm -hmm. and it touches on Sid living a life unparalyzed by shame. Yeah. One of these is a problem, and one of these is the solution. And you can see how either could be the problem. Yep. And either could be the solution. Yep. 
Um, I kind of uh, to to I think uh, the setting that um, hits this theme uh-huh. could be because we suggested the desert hiking. Right. But it could be that I'm asking you to meet me at the brothel because I'm borrowing one of the bouncer's cars, and the madame is the one. Uh, the the pimp is the one who um, tells us the route and stuff. Okay, and the car is what. Some gigantic off-roading thing. It's a huge off-roading thing. It's not super new, um, but it's you know it's a big, powerful car. And yeah, because it's my my friend, the 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 bouncer is letting me borrow it, so it's from the Moose. Yeah, his name is his name is Moose exactly. You know what? I think her name is Moose, right? What? Let's she let's say her name is Moose. She's this like big, like built like a shot put thrower, like lady who goes by Moose. She's the only uh, woman bouncer at the brothel. Um, and I'm friends with her. And uh, yeah, she's thinking about her car. And, and I'm going to say the pimp, her, she goes by, uh, she is Miss Maisie, right? Uh-huh, Miss Maisie. Uh-huh. So Miss Maisie is this like aging, like starlet kind of person. Like she wears like very um, sparkly things all the time with boas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but she knows this like off-road route, this like cool scenic route, and uh, so I invite you to come to the brothel, not thinking that's an awkward thing to do at all. <laughs> I'm just like, oh yeah, come come to Miss Maisie's cowgirl ranch, and uh, we'll pick up the car from there or something. You get, uh, you know, one one of the employees sticks her head back and she's like, Sid, there's a gentleman out front here for you. And you come out and one of the uh, girls in the assless chaps has sort of draped herself on him and he's just trying to be (laughs) relentlessly polite. No, I uh, actually, funny story, came here to go off-roading. And she's like, oh, I could take you to some dirty places you might enjoy. And I'm like, Lola, this one's mine. Um, and so she like immediately drops the act and she's like, oh, you're one of Sid's friends. Okay. Well, you two boys have fun. <laughs> I love it. And I like, uh, I like kiss her on the cheek, like moi, moi. And I am wearing like outdoorsy, like hikingy kind of clothes now. So not dressed up like I was at the party. Um, but I'm wearing a uh, studded leather bracelet because I always wear something kink related fits is just in nondescript jeans and probably a t-shirt and a leather jacket and Mm. maybe maybe a cowboy hat that looks brand new and hits he's like i'm not sure this is working is the cowboy hat working i'm not sure if it's doing what it's supposed to do uh, and, and, keeps, I'm, I'm, and he keeps picking at it. I laugh and uh, I say, when in Rome. Mm. But you have an expensive leather jacket, right? Yeah. So I eye that like somewhat longingly for a second because <laughs> I like leather stuff. And I'm like, oh, I wish I had the money to buy expensive leather jackets. But uh, but yeah. And, I, and who's going to drive? Um, do you want to drive? Because I don't know the route. We have the, oh no, so we go up to um, Miss Maisie, who gives us this map with a route marked on it. And yeah, as as we're leaving, she like pulls you aside and she's like, I think he dated Cynthia Fabergé. I think I saw her. I think I saw him on her Insta. Whoa, really? The Cynthia Fabergé who acted in Revenge of the Flesh Mutants Part 9? <laughs> um, oh, well, he is a, 
kind of loaded. I didn't know he was like hobnobbing with the stars. Whoa. So yeah, they get out there and he's Oh, so wait, wait, question. Does does Miss Maisie think this is a date? I don't know, does she? I no. think she believes it's a date. She's like, oh, I this is juicy. Now I get why he dumped her. And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? He's just a a dude I met at Cirque du Soleil, and he, we were, like, hanging out because he's in town for a bit. She's like, okay, Jan. Uh, Whatever. And, and I, I suddenly, I suddenly like, crinkle my forehead. I'm like, huh, I didn't get those vibes. Maybe this is a date. I'm not sure. So I'm <laughs> like, Maybe this is a date, he says, unbuttoning two more buttons on his shirt. La, la, la. Yeah, because, like, he's used to, he's like, remember, he doesn't go on romantic dates very often. Right. But, he like cruises, meets subs who are like who like, and then they have a very frank discussion of I would like you to do this to me, and he's like, perfect, that sounds like a fun evening, and then we do it, and at the end we like cuddle a bit. We're like, that was nice. I'm glad you got what you got out of it. Bye. You know, he's never like been on a date really in his adult life. So has he done a lot of uh, what do you call it? Hanging out with bros. You know, just dude time. I'm going to say he tends to hang out either with women a lot. There are a lot of mm. women in his life. And, you know, when you work, when you have a 9-to-5 job, you hang out with your workmates yeah. more than anything else. So this isn't a 9-to-5 job, but, you know, it is a job. He hangs out with them or he hangs out at leather bars a lot. So a lot of, like, really mask, bro-y – no, uh, not bro-y, but very mask gay dudes – Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of older gay dudes, especially in like Nevada, right? Okay. So he doesn't actually hang out with a lot of straight men that much. Okay. So this is kind of terra incognito for him. Yeah. And so, the, but this guy was like being friendly. He's like, sure, I'll be friendly. Why not? You know? So he's like, okay, is this a date or is this just... He's not sure. Also... <laughs> is this just what straights do? <laughs> I guess. And this is where the, you know, slightly dark side might creep in, where he's like, also, this guy's a millionaire and he's paying for everything. Right. So, like, I'm not going to complain about that either. Like, that's nice, too. The dark side of this might be that what will bring out the worst in Fitz is having a parasite? Maybe. Or, or... Um, hmm, the comp because the, what brings out the worst also the competition and challenge. Oh, so, uh, I okay. don't know. So they go. So Fitz goes out and you know talks knowledgeably with Moose about the vehicle and gets behind and starts you know taking it out and he's like, oh yeah, this is. He's like, this has got a big angle. Of, this has got a big uh, bit of momentum, but nice grippy tires. So this will be fun. And they're like. And- <laughs> And like, and Moose is very impressed, and she says, "You got yourself a nice date, Sid, or like a nice fella, Sid," implying very strongly that she thinks they're on a date. Uh huh. To both of them, like, you bagged yourself a nice dude, Sid. He knows his cars, kind of thing. And how do how does how does Fitz react to that? Well, you know, as they're driving away, he's like, "Wait, you don't think this is a date, do you?" And I, uh, I'm gonna say. Sid was like on uh let's see is he gonna be honest yeah he's unashamed right right he's like honestly i had no idea what this was and i was just going with slow (laughs) you want to hear something funny i'm like sure all right this you'll you'll lose it i know this guy out in silicon valley named 
Chad, and he said that he has perfected an algorithm that can grind through data, Cambridge Analytica style, and find the perfect person, like the yin to your yang, right? Uh Oh. So, uh, and I'm like, put your money where your mouth is, Chad. And so I ran the, uh, I ran the algorithm on me. You know, I answered this, like, huge questionnaire and it it went through my purchases and my psychographic profile and you know read everything i've ever put up on social media and then ground through all this other data you know again more social media and i don't know i don't know what the hell goes into chad's recipe but it found me a person can you believe this shit? Wow. So who, who did it find? Someone someone in the city? Is that why you're here? That's why I'm here. Surprise. And he like reaches over and like smacks him on the top of the thigh with the bag of his head. He's like, it was you. So I guess I guess my boy Chad has some uh has some stuff to you know, I think he he uh, forgot to carry the four or something. I'm suddenly very I suddenly like withdraw and I'm very like weirded out by this. Because I'm like, wait, so it wasn't a coincidence that I was sitting next to you? Oh, no. Uh, I bought that ticket. Knowing that I would be there? Well, no. Knowing that someone named Siddhartha Klassen would be there. So you're you're kind of spying on me, and I'm bringing this out as the problem for your number one, right? So- um... Well, uh, spying on, and he he gets he gets like instantly defensive. He's like, "No, you make it sound like I had a pinhole camera in your bedroom." No, did you? No, God, no. It was metadata. It was you know I didn't get like a dossier on you. I got this is this is the person is this this Siddhartha Klassen resides at this address, and that was it. So I, you know, I'm like, well, and, and the radio prize thing. Yeah, that was that was a fake. But I mean, it's it's not like it's malicious. And I, I, I'm a little, I'm a little mollified, but it's still weird to me to Siddhartha to Sid. And so he's like, so this was meant to be a date. No, this. When I got there, I'm like, holy shit, it's a dude. Wow. This is like the time that you you hear these stories about how this movie called No became hugely popular on Amazon Prime in households that had the Siri unit and toddlers. I'm like, this is just the computer got it wrong. It, It So I figured this was just some kind of screw up. But you seemed cool. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe it got something right. And I'm like, eh, so I might as well hang out with this guy who seems cool and write off the idea that this is going to be the person who cures my loneliness and completes me or some shit. And so I'm like, huh. So now I'm, I'm a bit more modified. That's, that's the point at which, you know, the tire hits some giant rock and they both... Okay, great. Uh, and I'm like, whoa. But I'm a bit, I'm a bit more mollified because it seems like he's being very honest and open. <laughs> um, so I'm not like, this is skeezy. I'm like feeling a little bit better, but it's still weird and, and strange. 
but it's a little bit better. So what, what do you think this shot, this rock thing is enough to like, oh, now we should leave, get out of the car? Or uh, are we well, he's, he's going to be like, you want to take a turn with this monster? Uh, and I'm like, oh, uh, sure. I don't normally drive cars this big, but sure. Well, you know, that's the point. We're out here in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's nothing to hit. There's nothing to fall off of. <sighs> I okay. mean, yeah, it's... It's as safe as driving a huge vehicle 80 miles an hour is going to get. Yeah, and then I'm that, that my challenge instinct kicks in. I'm like, sure, yeah, I can do this. Uh, <laughs> so I, I start driving, and then, I, then I'm like, so an algorithm told you we would match, and you like hanging out with me, and you're kind of lonely, but you still think I would never be a match. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, don't take this the wrong way. It's the whole straight, not blind thing. You're a good-looking guy. But oh, I know. I- <laughs> nice. But yeah, it's the whole, I would rather be with the dumpiest housewife with too much eye makeup who's really let herself go than with, oh, the dreamiest Hollywood star like Mike Coulter or something. So you'd rather go for someone that doesn't really make you happy or doesn't excite you at all rather than the actual dreamy, interesting Hollywood star just because... Well, I mean, I, I've met, well, there's not, there's nothing that'll sour you on dreamy Hollywood stars like meeting dreamy Hollywood stars. They don't look that way in real life, and a lot of them are shockingly short. I mean, just tiny, tiny people. I don't know. I mean, I've never really found anyone who I thought, yeah, this is, this is it. I mean, I've never even been wrong about it, right? I don't know. Maybe maybe we're born alone and we die alone. Maybe that's how it works. I don't know. I think you have to... I mean, you're a millionaire. You probably, like, work hard or whatever to, like, make money. That's what the American Republican Party tells me. You really uh, don't understand how millionaires work. No, I would not say that I work hard to make money. I... Uh, well, I work very hard to make money, and I think relations are the same way. You need to work out them. You can't just expect romance to, like, hit you out of a clear blue sky. You need to seed it with thunderclouds first. Uh, I'm not sure seeding clouds with thunder... I'm not sure seeding things with thunderclouds works either. Does that work as a scene? I think that's a good scene. So, like, okay. when I chatting while like sightseeing kind of the desert right yes and we've both heard uh like explored each other's character a bit so i think that's a good scene in what way do you think this could be fits at his best so i think he is trying fits is um being open to like broadening his mind and listening to opinions that are not his own and also listening to the perspective of someone who he is not used to interacting with like a queer, non-millionaire, non-rich, famous person, and he's actually entertaining and listening to these opinions that are challenging his conceptions of what life and love are. Whereas the way I can see it being bad is that it could be that Fitz at his worst is just a withdrawn shell who's like, no, I don't need anyone. Love isn't real, or if it is real, it's not for me. And that being with Sid could be easy enough where it's like, oh, yeah, Sid's right. Love is work, and some people don't want to put the work in, and that's okay. Yeah, Sid yeah, yeah. could validate his his laziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ready to roll for date number two? 
I got a six. I got a one again, so I re-rolled and got a five. Perfect. So my six. Six, six, six is the enemy. Oh, the former college roommate whose ex was, whose crush was madly in love with me, and he is cyber-stalking me. Five is flipping the car in Africa and was trapped for 46 hours. Uh, uh, both of those easily lend themselves to problem, right? Yeah. Like your trauma could come back or the cyber stalker dude could come back, right? It is hard to see how the enemy could be the solution to a problem. Right. But the knowledge that you gained or the confidence that you gained from that experience could be the solution to the problem. Yeah. Or it could be that, you know, it's the the cyber stalker inadvertently tips his hand and Fitz is like, oh, I'm going to call Chad and have him squash this guy like a bug. Something like that. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, that that could be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what do you think the date is? Uh, okay. So let's say, how did how do both of us feel at the end of the first date? More of a hangout-ish. Yeah, Fitz is a little needled. And he's like, this. And there were parts of that really annoyed me. But it's also the most interesting experience I've had in a while that wasn't designed to fascinate me. Interesting. I would say Sid, because remember, Sid's never really felt super romantic about people, is like, huh, what is this feeling so sudden, so new? <laughs> Could I... Could I be into this man? Just like straight dude who, who, who clearly set, basically set up a gay date without knowing it was a gay date. <laughs> dude, so he ha- it has all the trappings of a date, but says that it's not a date. And huh. Next thing. Oh, I've got it. Glider. Great. Yeah. Or a glider or hot air balloon. Does uh, which one it makes it easier for both our questions to come into play? I don't know how the college roommate or the ex or the girl easily come into that if we're like you know high above the clouds. To get the cyber stalker in, you take a picture during whichever it is and post it on Insta. Sure, and he yeah. immediately picks up on it. Is like. I'm gonna ruin this. Yeah, I, I... I recognize that millionaire. Yes. So there's a great sunset during the desert thing that we did. Uh-huh. Um, and I take a sunset selfie kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I post lovely, and I don't even post, like, about you. I just post sun, sunset and hike or something, and the two of us are in the photo, right? Okay, so this is after the, after um, the car drive. of course, drive. you're very recognizable. So even without me tagging you or whatever, like, the cyber-stalker was clearly stalking me and has good cyber-chops, apparently. Mm-hmm. As good as they need to be for the purposes of the plot. Yep. He was a CS major. What's the name of your ex-roommate? Sorry, Chad is already taken. Yeah, uh, his name was Kyle. He, we we're a small liberal arts school, so we didn't really have fancy, like, sports teams. But he was uh, as jock as you could be in a small liberal arts school. He uh, was part of club swimming. I was going to guess lacrosse. Club lacrosse. <laughs> that was the only team sport that the school had a club team for. Because it's a, you know, tiny school. Kyle recognizes Fitz. And he's like, oh, he was with that actress. Oh, and here's this news thing about how he was trapped in a car. Hmm. Is he just, like, 
starts sending all kinds of triggering imagery of yeah. car crashes and people trapped and so this sounds like both number both our answers are being the problem is that okay because if you don't want the car to be a problem we can say he starts sending tabloids photos there it is Oh, that's it. Yeah. So he starts sicking the tabloids on us. And the paparazzi, yeah. Which also, by the way, is bad for me because I work at a brothel and you don't want that much attention to the brothel. Right. Fitz, on the other hand, knows how to deal with this because, again, there was this newspaper attention not only with Cynthia, but also after the car thing. Right. Exactly. Because, like, Mill. Famous millionaire trapped in three different countries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, we go off on this aerial adventure, which is probably lovely. And we're just sitting there shooting the shit, talking about our childhoods, telling jokes. So I, I'll say balloon is nice in that case. It's okay. more casual, allowing us to chat more than like on hang gliders. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of not a hang glider, but the glider plane that gets towed up by a... Uh, oh! Although you, there you'd need a pilot, but... I mean, you, you you have private jets and pilots and things, right? Okay, so yeah, my, you know, the family pilot is uh, up there for the glider. <laughs> the family pilot, I love it. Great. And is there, is, there, is there room to, like, sit and lounge, or is it a very small cockpit that we're sitting in kind of thing? I would assume that you can get a glider, or that you can rent a glider that has a cockpit separate from a lounge area. Great. So, like a, like a tiny private jet, but like a private glider, yeah. Ah, but the beauty of the glider is okay. that because it is unpowered, it's completely silent. Oh. And so you're up there, and it's very smooth, and there's no... There's no forcefulness to it. Nice. Okay. And uh, what drinks have you prepared for? Uh, have you? Oh, there's a full bar on board. There's a full bar. He's probably going at IPAs with a whiskey back. Lol. While um, Sid, Sid uh, even though he's a uh, um, Dom leather guy, he likes drinking his um, Manhattans. Okay. No, not Manhattans. Um, yeah, Manhattan. That's the that's the fruity one, right? I don't know. I'm a gin and yeah. tonicer. I'm pretty sure the Manhattan's that fruity. One. No, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking of a Cosmo. Yeah. That's or a Long is. Island iced tea. No, no, no. He's having a Cosmo, which is like. Uh, which is like grenadine and red and okay. brightly colored and and yeah. All and right. Sweet. He's drinking some uh, small batch IPA and uh, yeah. And you, so you're talking about your childhoods. Yeah. Everything. Oh, and I'm wearing like a flannel sort of shirt. But you, when you like when we we hug each other, the big just like hey, um, you feel that you can feel that I'm wearing my harness underneath. Yeah, probably you hug him. Right, yeah, because yeah. I'm more like open that way. Yeah, so yeah so Fitz. Like, and I hug him, and you can feel like pressing against your chest is the leather, and it's a studded harness. So, <laughs> so yeah, he probably asks about that and gets sort of an idea of the whole Dom thing. And as you're telling him about it, he's like nodding and listening, and his face is just very 
immobile. So he, he's just very unreadable about this. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not what I do. Like, I mean, I don't do that professionally. Like at the brothel, I just, I'm just the office manager. Sure. Uh, that's my, my private stuff. Well, I would think that from a, my degree is in economics. And I would think that from a financial perspective, that the gay population is a not a huge segment of the total population. And uh, of that small segment... What? Unless you're in Manhattan. Unless you're in Manhattan. But in Nevada, particularly. And then people who are into getting swatted on the fanny are a subset within a subset. So, yeah, if you wanted to do it professionally, you'd really have to... Boy, the marketing, the marketing would be tough. You would be trying to micro-target this very small but probably pretty intense audience and then i start you know because i get on a ship i start telling him oh but you'd be surprised about how many dudes are into like cuckold fantasies and they like they've asked the the girls to be like humiliated by other men in front of them and i start like describing more details about brothel goings on just because i know about it and it's one of the things like unashamed and he just yeah he's like Anyone might be uncomfortable by that. So it's a pretty chill, hilarious flight. And then when you land, these dudes pop out and start paparazziing. And I'm kind of like, what? I'm just really like, I have no idea what to do. I'm kind of like, oh, because it's not something I've ever dealt with. Fitz just immediately throws up his, you know, throws his jacket over his face. He's like, cover your face, turn around, don't let them see you. So I, 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 but the problem is that I cover my, like, I like pull up my um, shirt a bit, but you can see the leather. The harness. He's, he's on his phone and he's like, Hans, Hans, I need you at the airstrip now. And he's like, black SUVs roll in. These dudes in black blazers jump out. Nine, nine, nine mid camera. <laughs> and that's cool because um, I have German ancestry, so I don't speak German. <laughs> But uh, but I hear I'm like oh German, <laughs> and so there's there's sort of this struggle, and he's like okay, did how the hell did the papers know about this? They have been on me like a dog on a dropped ham so many times, and I'm sick of it. I don't know. Uh, uh, I didn't say. And then I'm like, wait, I posted a uh, Instagram, and I show him the photo, but it has no. I didn't put any identifying information on it. How many people follow you on Instagram? Like, like, uh, some gays, like a few hundred, right? Um, like 200 people, so not that many. Uh, and then I'm like, wait, and then like the blood drains from my interestingly colored um, biracial face. Um, what? I don't recognize one of these names, but it's an anagram for Kyle Riz. I was gonna say, yeah, I- I'm like, Kyle has been like cyber stalking me, and then I like swear, and I'm like, oh, and I like, I suddenly get really flustered and angry. Who's Kyle? I'm like, he's this like dude, he was my roommate in college at Desert Bluff University, and he's like, he thought I was like trying to steal his like crush away, this girl, and he's been like cyber stalking me forever. And, so like, wait, did you and Kyle ever and he makes like this putting a finger in the in the hole gesture? I would like to punch Kyle, but not in the fun positive way. Huh. Oh, no. um, so he's just so- you sure it's him? I mean, who else, right? Like, what? What's his last he's name? He's a computer science. He's a software person. He knows how to do this kind of stuff. 
Um, who else? And no one else cares enough about me to do anything like this. And he goes over and he talks to Hans. And, you know, he's talking to the security guy who's nodding and he's getting out his phone and ferociously texting on it. And then he's like, okay, he's been taken care of. And I'm like, what? what? What does that mean? Are you going to send assassins? Because you're God, just- no. I just got him a job. Look, he, here on his LinkedIn, he's talking about how he's been looking for a job for six months. So yeah, Chad, so one of Chad's spinoffs is going to hire him and initially promise him the possibility of all kinds of great advancements, but he'll be dead-ended and working on a project that eventually gets shelved. Oh, oh, and I I blush because this is like, not only did you have protector mode when the paparazzi arrived, (laughs) protector mode for this, and I'm like blushing as I'm now like, oh my god, I think I really like this guy. (laughs) Uh, And he's straight, I think, maybe. Casually Hmm. drapes a magazine over the front of his pants. He's like, oh my god. Actually, he does not, right? Because he's unashamed all the time. Well... (laughs) He's like, did it suddenly get really hot in this desert? (laughs) Yeah, so so Sid is very like, oh, thank you. Well, Uh, he's like, I'm just, I'm sorry that this turned into such a thing. So what has this guy been doing to you? He's, he tries to like send me annoying things and he like tells other people how I'm awful and I have to, like, talk to them be like, no, this is a cyberbully guy who's sending you false information about me. Uh, I couldn't get I couldn't get a job in South Asian performance traditions probably because of that. Yes, I'm sure that's what the barrier <laughs> was, Sid. And yeah, that's why. But, like, uh, Miss Maisie is, like, you know, she takes in people who traditionally may not be able to work in other places and stuff. Mm. So he's actually stopped me from having a career and things like that. Wow. So Okay, tell you what I'll do. I'll send Chad a text and make sure that psychological tri- counseling is covered in under his insurance, see if we can trick him into that. But he should be occupied for a while. And I'm really, like, kind of overcome with, like, whoa, that's, like, a very nice thing someone's done for me. People are, like, I don't have that many close friends. And I kiss you on the cheek, like, because I do that with my women friends uh-huh. all the time and my gay friend all the time. So I like, I hug you and kiss you on the cheek. Like, that's so nice. Okay. Um, and he, he, and kinda, how does, how does he respond to that? He kind of blushes. And he's like, oh, well, I got to get going and do more paparazzi damage control. But uh, drop me a text or uh, or something. And sure. know, scampers and- off to his sports car of the week. I'm assuming he calls Sid like a lift or something, right? Oh, yeah. he's He arranges his transport. Or they both, you know, met at the airstrip and drove separately or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, and so that evening I tell Miss Maisie, or not Miss Maisie, I tell, uh, what was the what was the girl's name? Candy? Lola. Loose. Lola. Lola. That's her fake name, right? He was so commanding. And I'm like, he like really... That was great. He like he like was like such a gallant. I I I, I don't want don't use the word gallant very often. He's such a gallant dude. And like, what if I like the straight guy? And, and she's like, or you know, just let me play devil's advocate here for a second. Maybe he didn't want to get attached to the gayness and jumped on this with both feet because he's ashamed. And I'm like, huh. I'm gonna say uh, the scene. The the scene ends with us. We're we're watching. We're watching my best friend's wedding, and we both have face masks on. 
And so the scene ends with us like, huh, like that shot of us in our face masks and the sound of love me, pick me, choose me coming from the TV. So it's pretty clear. And and it's like we have figured out how this could be positive or negative. Positive is, oh, yeah, he's trying to do the right thing and be the hero that that Sid has never had. Yeah. And the dark side is, no, he's just kind of power tripping. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you ready for the last one? Yes. This is so fun, by the way, Greg. Thank you. All right, I got a two. Oh, yeah, sorry. I forgot to do the roll. It is a four. So four comes into my sexual identity, my erotic identity, sorry. So, and your total is 11. My total is was eight. So this means at the end of the game, whether the relationship is healthy or sick, it will be up to you to decide if it lasts or not. Oh, because my sum was higher? Yes, because the larger numbers tend to be the darker. Oh, I th- oh, that's really clever design, Greg. I, I've done this before. <laughs> it's almost as though we are game designers. <laughs> almost as if. Oh, and so the best thing... So this involves his CPR thing. Oh, the saving the life thing. Uh Uh-huh. And you being super permit. Wow. Huh. Being promiscuous and leathery and kinky and all that stuff, yeah. Which of these is the problem? Um, maybe? I think the... It's possible to make the CPR thing a problem where you find out that he's sort of been monitoring this guy he saved, like, you know, Guardian Angel style. Right. That feeds into my initial fear of spying on people as well. Yeah. It started out as, oh, well, we he sent me a Christmas card and then we started exchanging Christmas cards and corresponded a little and became Facebook friends. And, uh, you know, I've been helping his kid out with his college decision. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Trying to encourage him to not have another heart attack by, uh, you know, eating a little better and... But it's casual. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that's a nice through line for the character, right? And that also makes the decision for him to not look at all my private data to actually be significant because he often does it. But for this time, he's like, you know what? I should not do this. That's not okay. Is there a thing where, I mean, if this was a romantic comedy, someone, there would be some kind of accidental meeting. But this hasn't been really, like, romantic comedy styled. What if close to that is that I am like, you took me to something I've never tried, this, like, thing. I'm going to take you to a leather bar. Okay. Like a gay leather bar. And and I'm going to... So I'm finding that I'm into you, but but even if you don't reciprocate, like, friends go to bars all the time, right? Sure. So if I come to the gay bar that I like... And then I do say, but, like, wear that leather jet, wear something leather, and look, 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 look S&M. <laughs> okay. You know, so he's got the leather jacket, which he informs you. He's like, oh, yeah, this isn't actually animal leather. It's cloned. Oh. Oh. It was, oh. yeah, it was, it was cloned separately. So okay. it's, it's sort of it's sort of an experimental jacket. And so and how much and now that we've known each other a bit more, I can be like, how much does that jacket cost? A cloned leather jacket? Oh, it's it's not a thing you buy. Oh, so it's priceless. 
It was a gift. So, you know, we're going to a kind of a grungy place. Well, I mean, you can't tell it was cloned. And you know how the first time they met, he had the cowboy hat, but didn't seem to wear it with a lot of confidence. Now he's got one of those, like, leather biker caps. And he's yeah, not I'm wearing that. Yeah, I'm like a Tom of Finland, like police black cap kind yep. of thing. And he's he's not wearing that with a lot of confidence either. Maybe he just bought it new. Yup. Because yeah, because Sid said, yeah, look at the part. He's like, okay, I'll buy some outfit kind of thing, you know. So it is an extremely expensive, visibly new, like right out of the wrapper. I love that. Okay. Does Sid like wait? There's one thing this needs, and he, like, pulls it off his head, throws it down in the parking lot, and jumps on it a few times. <laughs> oh, you know what, Sid? Because Sid didn't think that he was that, um, that, uh, uh, you were gonna bring, uh, buy new stuff. So Sid has brought you one of his leather studded bracelets. Oh, it's like, this is very thoughtful. Thank you. And I'm like, yeah, you know, to fit in fit in more and not look out of place in the bar. I know you're going to feel out of place, but I want you to try new things, but now you won't well, you look know, out of place. I've been in gay bars before. Have you been to gay leather bars where you have half-naked people being whipped on the bar? Mm, no. Uh, not... And Hold on, let me think. No. <laughs> And I grin. I'm like, great. New experiences for everyone. You have to take body shots off of some of the go-go dancers. It's going to be great. So not really go-go dancers because they're not dancers in the leather bar, but performers. Okay. This is this is like Ibiza crossed with Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Love it. They're hanging out there and Fitz is very clenched. But uh, uh-huh. after after several whiskeys, relaxes a little bit and is giggling a bit. And I'm going to suggest that one of your leather subs yes. comes up to you and is like, Oh my God, Sid, let's do it right now. And I like turn to him and I'm kind of exasperated because he is not supposed to call me Sid, oh. right? Uh, but I can't switch to dom mode now when i'm with you right because that right. change that's hard transition to make so he gets very flustered and sid's like uh 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 which also the sub whose name is eric uh no you want know let's 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 change it a little bit his name is mustafa mustafa is not used to me being not in control and you know so so i, I get really flustered and this guy is like, huh? And you're like, who is this person? And it's like this bad situation all around for me. But uh, but Fitz knows that, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll do these scenes with these dudes. And that's how it is. And it's yeah. pretty zipless. Yeah. He figures it out. And he's like, you know, if you want to go do your thing, do your thing. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. I'm here you. to hang out with you. And I, I turn myself, I'm like, hey. Sorry, dude, I'm, I'm hanging out with my friend and I introduce you. Because I'm yeah. having, like, oh, I'm now being rude, I'm not even introducing my friend. Oh, no, oh, no. Fluster, uh, fluster, fluster. Fitz, um, Fitz does. This is the first time you've seen him look confident with something, and it is the frat boy up chin sup. <laughs> sup, Mustafa. And I'm going to say Mustafa's totally into it. <laughs> Which then makes me jealous, not not because you because must be because of you because like I like you 
And what? No, 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 no. I'm here with you. You're not here with Mustafa. No. So Mustafa, we're going to go there. I'll, I'll see you around. And I like firmly lead you away. I like ha- firm hand on your arm and I lead you to another corner of the place. It's this uh, way. What, you're, next, you're, to, next to a threesome giving each other blowjobs. What's happening from, here? Are you, are you commanding me to leave him alone? Am I being topped? Is that what this is? I blush furious. <laughs> so like, I'm not used to feeling like this. And so normally I'm very confident because I'm the, I'm the dom or whatever. But like this is like disarming me completely. I, I like blush furiously and mumble something and, and, and sip my girly drink. Uh, this time it is a chocolate martini. He knocks back another whiskey and it's like, um, this is a little more out there than I'm used to. I mean, okay, I never did wind up on an Epstein plane, but... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there was always kind of a, I don't know, there's a darkness to you, right? But it's like, I don't want to say artificial or fake or pretend, because that sort of diminishes it, but there's a consent vibe that I never picked up from that crowd that, you know, they would, they would look at the concept of consent like a dog looking at a microwave oven. This is something that other people are really concerned with, but I do not understand it and it is not relevant to my experience. And that's interesting, right? Because for Sid, A, he works at a brothel, right? Mm -hmm. Which is at the center of the debate of is this actually, are the sex workers consenting or not? And the sex workers are like, yes, we are. But like, no, 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 blah, blah. <laughs> Plus, he's an SM, which is all about negotiating consent and power and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. He actually starts talking, I would say, very knowledgeably about this and, and like thoughts on consent and like power exchange. Oh, yeah. He was in a liberal, he was, went to a liberal arts college. He went so. to a liberal arts school. So he definitely took the gender studies classes to back up up with theory well if you haven't read discipline and punished by foucault exactly like in foucault's writings blah, blah 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 and then his like demeanor changes because <laughs> you know people have different demeanor right so he was going from he started out easygoing hang out with friend to like oh i'm should i be in dumb with this other guy to like nervous because i'm into this guy to like oh this is like something i actually know a lot about so his like demeanor kind of changes and he starts like talking about it uh, and he loses his embarrassed, flustered sort of feel. And I'm thinking the way that ends is that Fitz asks him, well, when was the last time you did one of these scenes with somebody? So how let's how long have these two now been hanging out? Like, I would say two, two-ish weeks? I would say longer than that. I'm thinking okay. it, because Fitz is not... He's got other stuff going on. Oh, so he probably left and came back. Yeah, he's stuff. leaving and come back because in his mind, this is not the grand romance he paid for, but it's like this weird friendship that was an unexpected side effect of a failed experiment. Right, right. But maybe there's this undercurrent of he's being drawn, like he feels like the need to keep coming back. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, he's clearly getting a lot out of whatever it is that they have together. 
Yeah. So it's been a couple of months, maybe, right? Yeah. Sid actually says, so the last, Sid actually says not since before we went gliding together. Huh. Because Sid actually has not really been feeling very sexy in terms of I feel like having sex someone new because he's been sorting through his thoughts about this guy. Okay. And he doesn't say that, obviously. Yeah, but, uh, but he's like, wow, that, I, See, you'd built you'd built yourself up as this Don Juan with a belt buckle strap. Uh, you know, I, I, I have a lot of straps. I do a lot of things with them, but I don't know. I just wasn't in the mood recently. Okay, that's why Mustafa wants to chat with me again. I haven't seen him in a bit. Oh, you've been been making him wait for it. There's that that saying about in every relationship. There's the one who kisses and the one who offers the cheek. Uh, are you the one who kisses, or are you the one who offers the cheek? <sighs> Honestly, I haven't done either much. I don't know. With Cynthia, with Cynthia, it was weird because when we first met, she was so into me and was just sort of just glommed right on and was actually pretty, pretty sexually aggressive. And it, yeah, if I, if I was with one of my straight friends, I would say that and it would sound like I was bragging, but it's, this is just a statement of fact. She was, uh, Initially, way more into it than I was, but she always wanted things on her terms. And I don't know. I we when we broke up, it was a uh, a mutual decision, pretty much. I don't want to think that she dated me to further her career. I'm, let's let me just say it. That's my that's my dark thought. My my fear is that. She said, dating this millionaire will get me attention, and attention is the oxygen my career needs. And I want to think it wasn't that. But I mean, I know she thought that thought. I just want to assume, I want to believe there was more to it than that, you know? So I mean, there was just a little bit of a gold digger. But not, I, I want to believe there was more to her than that. I don't know. Maybe gold digger's not the right word. I don't. The whole thing confused me. I am going to say Sid is getting very tipsy. Or not very, but he's getting drunk. And, you know, they've been hanging out for a while. And um, I'm going to say, as you're saying this, I'm like, okay. And then I, like, look you in the eye. And I'm like, does this mean you're offering me the cheek? Oh, well, I just, I don't know that we fit in that category. I'm like, huh. And I, I, I moved to kiss him and we can end the scene there. Yeah, that's the third date. Uh, I would actually, I would suggest cutting it after huh. Okay, great. And you could even do it with the, um, I've never actually seen Top Gun, but I've been told there's a scene where I think it's Iceman and Maverick are arguing. Okay. And right before they stop arguing, they lock eyes and one of them tilts his head to the left and the other tilts his head the other way. Uh-huh. And that it's very subtle if you don't think of it that way. It just looks like it's two butch dudes arguing, but that if you look at it another way, it's like, oh, they're totally about to kiss. Yeah, I like, like the cameras. Like, and it's like, it's in this like leather bar. So there's music pounding. There's like strange sounds everywhere. The lighting is dim. So it's like enhanced. Yeah, I love that. The question then is, how is this positive? How is it negative? The positive, one positive way I could see this working out is that it is not sexual and that what yeah. Vitz really needs yeah. Is a friend. Yeah. It could be that Sid realizes, oh, no, 
we can be non-erotic buddies and get just as much out of a friendship as we would out of being lovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or another negative way could be, or the negative could be that Sid forces him to confront that he is not really capable of affection towards anyone and is fundamentally, you know, even though he did CPR on that dude that one time, he is, uh, when it comes to his emotions, very selfish. That he can be very generous with his efforts and his plentiful money. So I actually kind of have this interesting idea because I like uh-huh. this reinforcing the theme of uh, things take work. Uh-huh. Uh, it was one of us, one of our twelve whatever themes, right? So I kind of have the idea that we end the scene there, but like they stay friends, but they become closer and closer friends. Mm-hmm. Like that moment is a crux because they share, like you know, you shared this big insecurity you have about this person and all that stuff. Well, and we're, I kind we're of coming share. up on the final scene. Oh, there's a final scene. Oh, yes. Oh, because I was thinking they're just getting closer and it, later they like realize maybe we should date. Uh, I don't know. Like, well, that's. Oh, so, yeah, that is the uh, we've this is the third phase of the game, right? OK, yeah. I just so thought everything thought... up till this point has been ambiguous. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to each roll a die, and if the totals are odd, everything is and always was bad. Okay. And we construct the last scene around that. Okay. If we each roll a die and their totals are even, okay. everything is and always was good. Oh, okay. I love it. Okay. <laughs> so, right. But before we do this... What are you hoping for? I think they'll take a very positive turn. So I, yeah, I kind of want them to get together. So you're hoping that it's a healthy relationship. Yeah. Well, I mean, you will decide whether they stay together or not, regardless of whether it's healthy or sick. Oh, okay. okay. Because you've got the higher total. Yeah, yeah. You know, you might, it might turn out to be sick and you're like, no, but Sid still sticks with him, even though it's hopeless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's a good Sid point. stays with him because he makes this very cynical calculus that being connected to this rich dude can only help me. Yeah, I like that. Okay. The third phase is called the scene at the boathouse. Because, of course, it's the scene at the boathouse. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of hoping it goes bad for metagame reasons. Okay. The last game I played had the very positive outcome and ended in the... In, in a pretty syrupy rom-com way. Well, like, gay syrupy rom-com. Yeah, yeah, So I'm yeah. like, I can't... And also, the sun is hidden today, and snow is starting to fall, so my mood is crashing, and I'm like, well, give me some darkness. Let's see, let's see if it turns out bad. Okay, you ready? Yeah, I'm gonna roll. Let's have the dice have their say. I got a five. And I got a two, so it's seven. It's bad. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. The relationship was always somehow bad, perverse, sick, and pulling out the worst mm-hmm. in fits. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? 
So I think maybe Sid start like maybe it's like reinforcing this idea that because Sid's what we 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 have this big through line of spying versus not spying, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe it reinforces the idea of I should have learned more about this person. Like I should have looked up all their details. You know, me learning about the about Kyle the roommate was a good thing because I saved I saved Sid. I should have, I should be looking up and spying and all that stuff because I don't like, I'm not into this and I'm not into dudes. So it reinforces what he's not into. It doesn't reinforce his open-mindedness and it reinforces his thing about like, I need to learn about and spy and, and things like that. Privacy is bullshit. Not, not respecting Kyle's privacy helped me help my friend Sid and okay. learning of, and not learning about who Sid was initially and stuff made me waste time. I mean, I maybe he's uh, up to well, you. I'll friend, I'll yeah. suggest a uh, a twist on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the lessons he learns from from Sid? He's like, okay, so Sid taught me that love is work and effort, and that you have to put in your sweat equity. Mm-hmm. I'm going to interpret that to mean that. If I want to have this relationship with someone, if I want yeah. to have someone be mine, I yeah. need to put in the work of understanding them and right. by any means necessary. Yeah. Look at this guy. He is unashamed about everything he does. He beats these dudes up and they love it and they call him sir or what have you. Yeah. I maybe need to be a little more dominant and pushy and controlling. Maybe that's maybe that's what I need. Maybe that's why it didn't work out with Cynthia is because I did kiss and I, she did turn the cheek. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Fitzcarraldo ripens into this skeevy, controlling twist. He basically turns almost into Kyle. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I've become God, what I be. I've become what I beheld. Do you think the two of them stay together? So I'm gonna say he's very good at this. So Sid doesn't realize that he starts continuing his thing, and I think they just continue their like on and off. Sometimes he visits friendship. It becomes a bit less frequent because last time he was coming every month at least, right? right. Uh, so it becomes less frequent, and Sid is sad because he likes this guy, but he realizes. And it's the first guy he's liked romantically, really. Um, he realizes it's not a thing that's going to happen. So he just feels sad. Okay. But but wants to stay friends with him because he does like him. So Yeah, I'm thinking that Fitz, you know, also is like, oh, yeah, Sid's great. I have no sexual interest in him. Right, right. But he's been super useful to me. And at um. some point... Maybe even is like, you know, one of my places in Los Angeles has uh, what you call it, a pool house, uh-huh. which is basically, and he, you know, he describes it and it's nicer than where he's living now. He's like, I don't know how married to your job you are into the, the Vegas scene, but if you ever thought, if you ever wanted to live in Los Angeles, let me know and I can just set you up there. Hmm. I don't know what Sid would say. Think it over. I'm there a lot more than I'm here these days. Our interests have moved there. Los Angeles is mostly known for movies, but a lot of shipping goes out of there, too, and it's close to Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chad's really been taken off. Oh, Chad. Oh, Chad. 
do we want to do a uh, first person scene at the boathouse where Fitz lays out the basically the terms that he will accept for having Sid, uh, Sid in his life more intensely, which are, no, you accept that I'm going to ruthlessly chase girls, but you can be my sidekick, and if you pine for me from my boathouse, that's up to you. Uh, no, I think it's a, th- a, a narration thing is probably better. Yeah, narration, I, I'm feeling that too. Fitz just becomes more cold, but also more confident, you know, has sort of entered this cynical controlling manipulative if i want something i need to control how i get it on my terms Mm -hmm, phase mm -hmm. and uh yeah how does sid respond sid for a long time feels sad because he likes this guy but what's this guy becoming but he can't stop himself from liking the guy and so he like for a long time just lets him be bad doesn't doesn't pull away doesn't say anything he just hangs out with him and feels very shitty about it all right yeah and then yeah that's his thing because of this he doesn't strive like he'd been striving to further his career and stuff a bit but he doesn't because all so he just stays working at the brothel he stays in 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 um las vegas in nevada and just keeps working the brothel not you know not going anywhere not bettering himself really um because of all these conflicting thoughts and emotions in his head and and doesn't really even pursue likings like romancing someone healthily you know so do they just drift apart over i mean say after a few years of this mm-hmm. maybe they just drift apart in the end and it's just like sad <laughs> now you're just someone that i used to know exactly the last communication between them is when at Christmas Sid comes home and there is this box waiting at his apartment and inside is the leather jacket. Oh yeah, because and he liked it. Yeah. Just a note that yeah, this doesn't seem to fit who I am anymore. Merry Christmas fits. And I think as the final like thing because now that it's over, he like realizes, so as his redemptive as his like picture thing he he calls lola and he's like lola i need to make another harnessy jacket will you have <laughs> okay uh, so they like cut it up together and make make it another harness jacket yeah okay and scene nice that was <gasps> yeah. really cool thank you if we were face to face we would shake hands which is part of the rules but instead we just have to internet shake hands Art for this episode of Million Dollar Soulmate was licensed from Christina Gattardi via the Unsplash website. The music is Ravel's Sonatine 2 Mouvement Minuet via Muse Open website. And Million Dollar Soulmate is available for sale on Itch and RPG Now. All rights are reserved. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.